When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Revolution is in the air, Allie said, and it smells good. She was leaning against my bedroom door the night before my bar mitzvah. I was in my room practicing my part of the service. It was Allie's first visit back home since she left for Columbia. She didn't even return for the high holidays. My parents hadn't mentioned that she was coming. Likely she didn't tell them, just showed up. I was glad she remembered. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. And today I'm talking with Ilan Barnahama. His new novel, Escape Route, is a coming-of-age story that takes place in the late 1960s. Zach turns 13 as rage is building against the war in Vietnam. His life changes when his sister introduces him to FM radio, which becomes a constant companion. He and his gang of friends roam New York City, listen to great rock music and smoke lots of pot. Then he gets his first girlfriend, a cellist, and meets her brother, a Vietnam vet who suffers from PTSD. As the next couple of years pass, Zach monitors the number of Americans killed each day, works his way through accelerated classes, witnesses some of the most formative moments of the 60s, and prepares an escape route just in case he and his family have to leave like they did from Europe. Hi, Ilan. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Galit. Pleasure to be here. So what inspired you to write this novel? And how much of your own queen's upbringing did you slip into your protagonist's life? Well, I would say that to to answer the second part first, I would say that a lot slipped in both myself and a group of friends who I am still very close friends with. Uh, They're sort of my chosen family. Um, But the the actual novel itself and, and, you know, despite the time period, I'm, I'm really interested in what happens away from the spotlight in history, you know, that we all collaborate on history. And that period in American history was very unusual. Um, it was a pivotal point in, in a lot of ways. And so, again, I, I you know, kind of put my characters uh, arm's length for some great moments in history, the Vietnam War, Woodstock, moon landing, Stonewall, things like that. Uh, in Queens, as well as this 1969 Mets Miracle Mets, um, and uh, it was you know just a way of uh, putting them into that moment because history is made up of not just the leaders but individuals. Mm, that's so true. Will you explain your title and why 13-year-old Zach feels the need for an escape route? Yeah. So um, there were. There were many ways to get. I, I grew up with parents who fled Europe. 
they they fled Europe as kids with their families, and they did make it out of Europe to to uh, Haifa and Jerusalem, and then on to the U.S. And um, I also grew up knowing many people who had different experiences. Uh, and and while I did not grow up with this uh, pessimistic view, this victim's view of of the Holocaust, which um, I know many people who did, um, it was more of an active view because. Uh, that same group of people were very involved in starting the nation of uh, the uh, nation of Israel, but they were all they weren't bitter people. And so, um, but I did want to have a character who who heard all these stories and just you know uh, really just thought that would be his his role in the family is, is to make sure that they had a way out, just like you know the, his grandparents had. And he does it in a clever way. So God plays a role. Zach does a lot of contemplating. And I'm going to quote, and I'd like your uh, comments on your quote. God spoke the world into existence, but then seemed to lack the attention span to keep the conversation going. Yes. Over to you. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that's, it's, if you look at the Bible, uh, and if you look at it as literature, that character seems to fade away um, after, after Moses. Um, you know, in the early days, he spoke directly to people. Um, and then it was more of some of the prophets having to do hallucinogens to, to sort of see God, but seemed to be less and less involved. And, you know, even, even in Egypt, kind of disappeared for a few hundred years until they kind of, I think the words are, then they groaned and God heard their groan and, and, and said, you know, that's when Moses appeared. So um, I just think, you know, as any young kid, he's going to wrestle with the existence of God. And in light of the Holocaust, his father's polio and, and the Vietnam War, uh, he really had reason to, to question. Hmm. Let's, Talk about how Zach gets obsessed with the number of American soldiers being killed in Vietnam. Well, he's um, in, in the book, he's, he's kind of a math whiz, um, which puts him into some in advanced classes. Um, it's, it's one of those subjects where you can keep moving forward uh, in school, whereas in history, you, you still take with your peers. Um, and so as a numbers person, he was trying to figure out how you know, whether he should use this talent or not use this talent. His, his girlfriend in the book, Sam, is, is, is a talented uh, cello player. And, and he wants to, you know, so I wanted him to have numbers as something he could rely on. And it didn't just have to be how to make bombs. And, 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 and uh, you know, so many MIT graduates ended up being recruited by military uh, arms producers because uh, they could create the algorithms to land a bomb on somebody's plate somewhere, you know, accurately. So, so I wanted him to use the numbers in a way to motivate him and not sort of uh, deflate him. And and even though that's kind of, you know, eerie to, to, to write down every day how many people died, it did keep him motivated to get involved in the anti-war movement. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about baseball. Just I'm going to come right on and say we do, do not even go to Cubs games. We only go to White Sox games. And I'm, I'm assuming you're a Mets fan because Zach is. Let's so Zach plays right field on the baseball team because quote that's where they played you if you couldn't play. So is that is that a personal reflection? You don't have to answer that. No, no. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I, I I don't have great eyesight, and I love baseball. And uh, you know, I, I was an okay pitcher, but you know, when it's come to a certain age, I, I really couldn't. Right field in the majors in, in professional baseball is not 
is not the same, but as a kid, that's where they put you. Uh, so um, I did get put into right field um, and, and things. And and I am definitely a, a Mets fan the same way, did not, was not a Yankee fan um, until I left New York. When I live in Boston, I'm an anything but Boston fan still. But <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I get the South Side versus Chicago, you know, Cubs. Oh, that's pretty funny. So I remember my own personal delight at hearing FM radio for the first time. Can you explain for younger generations why his sister, Zach's sister, flipping the radio dial from AM to FM changed Zach's life? Yes. But I mean, the, the DJs, AM was loud and fast and furious and, you know, bubblegum music, you know, what they call tooth decay music. <laughs> and, uh, it just sugary sweet and and just it was so fast with commercials and on fm radio there was they're allowed to talk back then a lot of these djs were allowed to talk put on long songs and really discuss things um and and discuss even if they didn't have opinions they were able to talk about what was going on and uh, there was such a, a world and it was such a powerful thing this is all pre-internet uh three major stations and, it, and if you're in new york you had like seven stations but most people got to a couple of stations and so fm djs had so much power back then and so much influence and radio in general did um so to be introduced to the ability to think and pause and take things in and reflect was 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 huge for Zach, and, and the music was so much better too, no doubt about that. Yeah, um, the radio announcer Paul is really important. He's a character in the novel almost. We never meet him, but he's important to Zach partly because quote he loved baseball as much as music and would talk endlessly about how they were similar. Can you weigh in about Paul? Yeah, I mean, there there were a few, several DJs. He's kind of a you know a mix of a bunch of them, and 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 they were just able to bring in art and music and and protest and, and love and humor um, in, into things. And so, uh, one of my favorite definitions of art is anything you pay attention to. And, mm. you know, this idea of paying attention, you know, I think that's another difference between AM and FM. You know, you get to pay attention to something for a few moments. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, there was actually a DJ who used, to, like in the book, who, who made up uh, baseball teams with, with rock stars. Um, and I was fascinated by it. And then we would do it. But, um, you know, I think I think it's this idea that, that they were leaders. And, you know, as kids, we were looking for people to, give us some answers. And when you get to be a grown up, you find out no one has answers. Uh, but as a kid, mm -hmm. you think they do. And, and so these DJs seem to possess some answers. Music just seems really important to you also, as important as, as it is to Zach. How did you decide to which songs to title the chapter headings? Yeah, that, uh, you know, it's interesting because the book at first had spanned a couple more years and then I had to go back and make sure those songs were written before, you know, May oh. 1970 uh, and, and things like that. So I, I did try and match them a little bit to the theme as, as much as I could without being too, you know, cheesy uh, to the themes. But, and just also some, tried to pick some, meaningful songs um you know all along the watchtower and different things and um just yeah some meaningful songs from back then of, of which you know um i don't know that it was the greatest time of music but there was just something special uh, about that era 
yeah, for, for many of us. Yeah. Um, another important character. Can you say a bit about Sam and her brother, David? Yeah, so, um, you know, Sam's different than Zach in that Zach's first generation. Sam's been in Manhattan forever. Uh, her brother, kind of affluent family in, in Manhattan, but, you know, people end up either getting drafted or, or, or volunteering. And, uh, um, you know, David David does not have a good experience in, in Vietnam, and he comes back with PTSD, and it's the only place he feels uh, uh, sort of reality anymore is and he's thinking about going back and sam doesn't want to go back she's also a little scared of him because he's coming back he's came back so changed and you know during so my parents grew up in israel as i mentioned and during the conflicts in israel they knew and they were also very involved with um politics and things and so they knew a lot of people there still um and we'd sit around the dinner table and they would know most of the families if somebody died and it gives you a very different version of so of, of army first politicians and so i really wanted to bring so the vietnam soldiers because i was never against the soldiers um and i wanted to paint a positive spin on that because th th they were really wrong uh, the vietnam veterans in many ways i i was too young to serve, but I know people who did, and and they did just like you hear these stories. They did literally stuff their uniforms into garbage cans when they changed to uh, cut when they were came back and were discharged, because so many people would throw would taunt them and throw eggs at them when they came out of these uh, airports. And I have a friend who always regretted losing his uniform that way. He just threw everything away because um, there were protesters outside, and he didn't, you know. So, so I want, so I really wanted sympathy for these soldiers, and also just to show what what good guys they are and how much they they looked after each other. Um, in, in Sam, in particular, this was her brother. You know, Zach is fortunate to have an older sister who's really is a wonderful guide, and you know that's sort of contrasted to Sam, who's trying to take care of her older brother. So I, I, I kind of um, wanted that to be part of the story. The place where all the soldiers congregated, um, where David escapes to, did that really exist? No, but I did make sure that the island was under disrepair at that time and nothing was happening so that it, okay. could, so that it could have existed. Um, uh, it, it, took many, it took another decade or so before they started rebuilding uh, Ellis Island. Um, and so it was just deserted and, and these guys knew how to, you know, how to be clandestine. It would have been nice if they had that for a, yeah. an escape. It, yeah, maybe they did. We just never heard of it. That's true because why would we have? Yeah, I do um, like, to, I, sorry, I just, I, I do like to make sure that the things that I put in the novel could have happened. They could have, right. Yeah. New York City is almost like a character, plays a huge role. And it was fun to uh, venture out with Zach to all the places, even as a 14-year-old, that he he would jump on the subway with his friends. Can you talk about that? It, it's, it's still, you know, I, I probably lived outside of New York City for more than I've lived in at this point in my life. And every time I go there, I mean, it, you know, people say it's changed. Well, what hasn't? Uh, but it just has that wonderful energy. And as 14-year-olds or, you know, 12-year-olds, when we first discovered the subway and, you know, it was, it was just, you know, 
miraculous to just go to these places and and it, it's just so vibrant and you know i still find new yorkers to be very friendly um and you could talk to them and, and so i just think that um you don't have to go as they went to the moon during that summer you can just get on somewhere go to manhattan to have these adventures and, and experiences and and i just love new york so i really did want it to be kind of a character and sam it was family, uh, yeah yeah, Sam, whose family's been there for seven generations, didn't have quite that same mis- mystique for New York to her, you know, but she, did, she didn't dislike it. She didn't have Zach's, um, you know, sort of mis- sort of fascination. Where did the kids get the money that they used to do all that traveling and buying of food and everything? Well, things really were cheap. I mean, the subway was like 35 cents and, and, and things. And so they they... It was yeah, or, or the pot. How do we buy the pot, right? Um, right, right. Yeah, they well, Zach did skim off a bit of his bar mitzvah money at one point. So, you know, that, um, that not that they all got bar mitzvah, and Sam did make money playing on the streets. Um, but but a few dollar allowance back then was enough to get you, uh, you know, quite quite a lot of things. And they pooled money. I mean, uh, we used to buy a condition on the way home from high school for thirty five cents, and we literally would share our. <laughs> Um, you know, would share our nickels and dimes to do these things. So, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where I didn't feel like putting it in detail. But um, you know, I also tried to not have them have too extravagant. So you talked about your crew of friends and how they're still like your they're your chosen family, and Zach's crew is like really good guys. Jonah, Mel, Tony, can you? go on a bit about that yeah i think um you know i think we forget that all families start with strangers um and and then it's like it's it's not blood thicker than water kind of silly thing because because people who couples who then become a family and have kids by whichever however are still often start with strangers and so strangers can be family and i think um you know i think family is absolutely important but i think it could be expanded um you know, in my experience, my, my my kids call these guys uncle and they call their kids cousins and, and, and as well as their sort of more, you know, genetically bound cousins and uncles and aunts. And so, um, you know, I wanted to, I, I, I always love that. I, I've written about it. I've written a book, uh, a couple of uh, essays about these guys. Um, we went to Mets fantasy baseball camp together and there's in a b- book about friendship called, uh, you know, um, showing up and another one about can't get rid of these guys. So they've been an important part of my life and support system and also for my kids. So, um, I, I it's, it's a theme that I would put in gladly. Um, so the character of Jonah, whoever he's based on, did that guy turn out Okay. Um, yeah, he's based on a couple of them. You know, I mean, the the six of us, or seven, eight of us now. We during COVID, for instance, we every Sunday at noon we've checked in for since the beginning of COVID. Uh, not everybody shows up every time, but it's kind of like a little check in. Um, you know, on the other hand, I've had friends we've lost a couple to overdoses and cancer, um, but you know, for the most part those guys the ones who are, are, are sort of blended into tony and and jonah they're they're all good they're all good 
Yeah, I really loved that, the part about the friends. There's a, a very sad scene about a botched abortion. Can you imagine this country going back to those times when abortion was illegal and women did whatever they had to do? But you wrote the book before what's happening now with the Supreme Court. Isn't that interesting how timely it is? It, it, it's, it was scary. I mean, I mean, it's very scary what's happening around the country with this. And, and yes, and so um, I, I did think of that when, when these I mean, not just the, the, the latest thing, of course, is, is the, the Supreme Court version, but what they've been doing in states. And I, I did think of it um, a little bit when I was writing the book, because there's been this trend now for 10 years. Um, and, and I just wanted to, it, it was a reality back then. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I knew a couple of young women who, who were, you know, raped on the sub, you know, raped in New York and, and couldn't get a legal abortion. And you just, you know, as a kid, that was very striking. Continues to be the, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so many interesting historical events, as you said, and Zach just so happens to be right there, Stonewall and, and um, riots, uh, anti-war protests, all kinds of things. Um, and that's how life is. I, I'll never forget hearing screams a few blocks away from anti-war protests at the 1968 DNC convention in Chicago, right? I, we just so happened to have been there and heard it like it happens. But can you address that, how, how you put Zach in all those circumstances? Yeah. And you know, again, the FM radio helps because they would announce these things. And his sister, who was very active in Colombia, I didn't actually have her in the SDS or anything, but Colombia was very, very active uh, at the time. Um, you know, so it, it was a combination of, of, of that. And um, he didn't actually go to Stonewall, but he heard about it on the radio. And so, uh, but Stonewall happened right in the middle of the village, you know, that the, the famous intersections um and, and it yeah it's like where were you when this happened I, I can't even imagine being in chicago um during that time you know um and and you know then there were things that happened obviously it there's a great um uh poem uh, by um auden about uh, a rugal painting about you know what when tragedy happens when we're looking the other way and so I, mm. I kind of wanted him to be at least looking at the right way as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, and he does. Uh, you know what? This is a just lovely coming of age story that's also a coming of a generation story. It speaks to both. So I enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much. And what are you working on now? I'm working on uh, something different, uh, uh, more more current, and it's it's basically a, a a guy runs the Boston Marathon and finishes about 20 minutes before the bombs go off in 2013, oh. and, and that inspires him to do stuff he'd wanted to do for a while and sort of uh, give up, you know, move from the East Coast to the West Coast and 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 just try and part of it is can you erase your the past and 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 again it's that idea of, of being within <laughs> in this term in this literally arm's length of, of historical moments like you said listening to the thing so um it, it's it's not necessarily the it's the impetus it's the final straw it's not the it's not the spark that got him to change what he's doing but he's been wanting to make changes and um and so i'll leave 
I'll leave it at that. And it, it still involves a bunch of friends similarly. Um, uh, it, it, it's a lot, a lot of similar characters to this group later, but, but, but different, different names. Okay, I'm, I'm interested. It sounds yeah. good. Thank you again, Ilan. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You as well. You make this a lot of fun. I thank you. And thank you for joining me today. Again, this is GP Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been talking to author Ilan Barnahama about his coming-of-age novel, Escape Route. Hope you're all able to lose yourself in a good book today. Tomorrow, too. Happy reading. <laughs>